Yes. Welcome to Dragon Talk. How's it going? I'm Greg Tito. You're doing great. How are you? I'm great. What's your name? My name's Shelly Mazanopel. Are you excited about today's podcast? Yes, I am. Because I am too. We are talking to uh, David Harmon and Shakira Khan from the Dragon Friends. In person. They came all the way from sunny Australia mm-hmm. to us. It's very sweet. They came for their... Just for this spot. Just for this podcast. Dragon Talk. Yeah. I mean, maybe it had to do with their honeymoon and some Maybe other they were already going to be here. Maybe. Maybe. But I think they really just came to talk to us. I bet when they tell people about their honeymoon, they lead with, we got to be on Dragon Talk. (laughs) It's true. Uh, They're such awesome uh, people. They put together amazing games. Uh, The Dragon Friends were awesome at the Stream of Annihilation. Uh, I really wish they were coming to the Stream of Many Eyes. I know. Which is coming up June 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. It's in Los Angeles. It is the spiritual successor to the Stream of Annihilation. Uh, we're going to reveal the whole new D&D story. Tell me everything. Well, it has to do with... And also, <laughs> don't forget... And there's also a... Banana. Wait. What? Th- how did that get you through? You didn't edit that part out. <laughs> oh, no. It's very cool. Uh, a but deadly banana. It starts here on this Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash DND. I will be watching. June 4th. June 4th. It's not June 4th. Nope. It's June 1st. At 4 p.m. Pacific time. Oh, my God. That's when it all begins. Oh, my God. It's so exciting. Yeah. It's going to be pretty cool. We got lots of people coming, uh, including Joe Manganiello. Is he going to do another monologue that makes me cry? Uh, Yes, but it'll be in-game, in-character monologues. Ooh. Matthew Lillard is going to be there. Deborah Ann Wall. Lots of people from uh, Critical Role. Uh, High Rollers is going to be there. Sirens of the Realm, Satine Phoenix, who is uh, starting off as being uh, an awesome contractor here for Witches of the Coast in general. That's the best news ever Helping us do all kinds of fun social stuff. She's got a big part uh, to play during the stream of Many Eyes. I can't wait to show you guys that. She's got many parts to be playing. Yeah. She's wearing so many hats right now. And she looks good in all of them. Every single one of them and everyone that she posts to the social meads. The social meads. (laughs) Social meads. Social meads. Um, and there's so much going on in this room, many eyes, that I wish I could tell you all about it. But it's tons of secrets yet to discover. Uh, and we want to just surprise you guys. But right? can people go to the stream of many eyes? In addition to watching it? Yeah. On the Twitches? Yes, they can. Oh, my God. On June 3rd, if you're in the Los Angeles area, you can buy tickets right now to come see uh, one of your favorite streaming groups. Uh, there's High Rollers. There's Crazy. a group of uh, Jocks Machina from uh, Joe Manganiello and uh, Travis Willingham from Critical Role, as well as others. Deborah Ann Wall is going to be dungeon mastering for the Good first for time on a live stream. I remember stream. talking to her, and she was about dungeon mastering. She's got so many great stories yep. to tell. I yep. I'm excited about that. Um, there is also um, uh, some really fun stuff that you're going to get if you come to the stream of many eyes. Lots of Stuff. Swag bag? Perhaps some <coughs> D&D merchandise. Oh, oh my God. Uh, as well as all of our partners, you know, people like Beamdog. Uh, uh, Say uh, that again. The new Art and Arcana group. Say it again. What? Beamdog. Beamdog. <laughs> that was me, like, making it stretch long while I remembered. Like, uh, Beamdog. Our other friends, Idol Champions of the Forgotten Idol Realms are going to be there. Uh, Never Winter is going to be there. <laughs> oh, Never Winter. Never Winter is going to be there. <laughs> That's like Fiona speak uh, coming out of the podcast. 
It's going to be awesome. Uh, and again, I, there's so much I, I, I want to tell you, but you're just going to be able to explore and experience it live on the stream or in person if you're in Los Angeles. So uh, go to uh, com slash S-O-M-E, some, 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 uh, and you can find out all about uh, about the show. We're really excited about it. I am too. And of course, everyone out in internet land will get all of the awesome new uh, insights into what's happening from the D&D team, such as Chris Perkins, Mike Merles, Jeremy Crawford, Kate Welch, Nathan Nobody's Stewart. Nobody's going to be in the office. Nathan Stewart's going to be there. Am I the only one here? Chris Lindsay is going to be there. I forgot. He this. might be wearing a costume. Just throwing that out there. Yeah. And you might ha- see some D&D luminaries uh, that you have never seen before on the stream. Are Just you going to play? I am going to be uh, in the back room biting my hands off okay. as it's, it's being happening. As a good producer I understand, should. Like a, like a stage manager. Yes, exactly. That's, that's my well, lot in life. you could kind of go back to your stage manager roots for it's, this. It's pretty much, yeah. When I was back home, uh, uh, I was... You know, doing work uh, while I was on vacation, like, yep, like, I was like you do. Emails from you. I was making some electronic mails happen, and I was telling my mom, "I'm like, I was in the house where I grew up, where I went to high school, where I was basically producing the high school productions that we were doing, uh, like Jesus Christ Superstar. We did Oklahoma, and not playing D and D, not playing a lot of D and D because I was like deep into the theater. But I was like, I'm basically doing the same thing I did in high school for for this show. Weird. Yeah, I'm putting on a show. It's all the skills I learned on the show. It's fun stuff. So Good. you will get to see it happen. I Streaming will. June 1st, 2nd, 3rd. Mark your calendars. Watch it. Fine. Uh, but in the meantime, we do have something else that's really awesome that's happening. I can't even imagine. Podcasts of foes. What? That is a lot of podcasts. There's twi- more than 20, more than two dozen podcasts. No. Uh, are being released right now on the Dungeon Delve feed uh, on the RSS. Go check it out. Search Dungeon Delve, uh, where you get your, po- your, your podcasts, and uh, all of these awesome uh, live play, actual play podcasts uh, have their copies of Morden Cannon's Tome of Foes, and they're doing one-shot adventures uh, that you can listen to featuring lore and monsters and uh, all kinds of stuff from that book. That's amazing. Over the next two weeks. So if you check this right now, there's already eight podcasts up uh, and there will be more coming out. Uh, the last ones will be around May 18th. There's two streaming groups who are doing streaming on uh, the Sundays uh, in May. It's a lot of fun stuff. All getting up, geared up for Morning Canyon's Tome of Foes, which comes out on May 18th uh, in game stores. So, you can so get, soon. It's very soon. Uh, you can get an alternate copy uh, in game stores only. It's out everywhere on May 29th, which is only a scant few days before yep. Stream of Many Eyes. Yep. There is no shortage of the D and the D content. There is content coming out everywhere. 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 It's pouring out of your pores pouring right Pouring out of your pores. Dice Camera Action has started their new season. Did you know this? Chris yeah. Perkins is already ready. He's already ramping up uh, uh, the next season. He's of... not giving them any time to recover. Exactly. There was just a week off and then they're already ramping up into, into the next storyline. It's pretty crazy. Uh, so he'll be performing live at the uh, along with all of the cast members of That's Dice Camera Action. Uh, on Friday uh, during the stream of many eyes, as well as on Sunday during the stream of many eyes, which is pretty darn cool. Yep. Yeah. That's I'm gonna be fun. That. Yeah. So have you can have fun. Hope you like it. Hope you have a great time. <laughs> you can get it too because you'll be watching it live online. Mm-hmm. I want to be there. It is like being there because of how awesome the video production is. <laughs> well, it's true. It's fully immersive. <laughs> 
<laughs> it is. It's going to be really cool. Yeah. Um, so there's lots of other fun stuff happening for all of our uh, fans. There's a new show coming uh, called Dark and Dicey. Yeah. That's by uh, Nathan Sharp from Dice Camera Action. He started up with this new group. We, sp- we talked to yep. him and uh, KG uh, Tang uh, uh, last week here on the Dragon Talks. That's starting up May 14th, streaming live. Uh, Monday nights here on Twitch as well. Awesome. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Lots of fun stuff happening from Idol Champions of the Forgotten Realms. If you haven't checked that out, please do. It's on Steam. It's an early access right now. Lots of content. You send off your adventurers out on uh, 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 adventures. They kill monsters. They get loot. They they take it on they home. They bring it back to you. Yeah, and who knows? Maybe some of the groups uh, that we're introducing and talking to now will be, uh, their, their characters will be in Idol Champions of the Forgotten Realms. Who knows? What? I know, right? It's a possibility. Strix is in there. Crazy. From Dice Camera Action, Holly Conrad's oh, really? character of Strix is in Idol Champions. We have a lot of the Force Grey folks, so yep. Arkin. I remember when they uh, went in there. There'll be a, a, a performance of Force Grey at the Stream of Many Eyes, and you'll be able to see uh, those characters again, uh, or perhaps new characters, hard to say. I think there's some betrayal at Baldur's Gate characters also in Idol Champions. That is true. Yeah. There really is. Yes, yep, yep. There's a red one, I think. The, the wizard dude. Yeah, the wizard dude. Yeah, yeah he's pretty cool. Um, of course, we're all looking forward to Betrayal Legacy. Can't wait. Pretty much every conversation I have where I tell them I work at Wizards of the Coast, they're like, oh, so is that Betrayal Legacy Can coming out? Can you give out? me a copy? I'm like, it's not even out yet, bro. <laughs> but I got a mock-up. But I got a mock-up. And it's real pretty. Nice. That's coming this fall. November. Oh, yeah. November. November. Wait, are, we, are we announcing these? I, I'm still like, even when I said Access and Allies and Zombies... On the stream. Yeah, I got nervous. Like, oh, shit. Yes, you did mention it. You did mention it today. Yeah, we talked about it. Yes. Okay. It's true. Betrayal Legacy. Nice. Access and Alleys and Zombies. Da-da-da-da. And did you see, I mean, the Seattle Times did a nice little write-up about Dungeons and Dragons. They sure did. And they mentioned something else that we haven't talked about. That's true. It's true. It's in in playtest form right about now. Yeah. That's pretty exciting. Yeah, it was cool seeing uh, CJ Procise <laughs> running back from the Seattle Seahawks uh, was running our backs. No, yeah. running our playtest. Running the playtest, but still running. Yeah. So he yeah. felt comfortable. Running was still in his title. Yep. That makes yeah. sense. Um, no, he was yeah. awesome, and he did. So, he was so passionate about still that miss game. Him. Yeah, every I still day. Do. Every day. Yep. Um, so that's cool. Uh, good stuff. Um, anything else you wanted to talk about before we get to no, the lore you should this. know? let's do this. Let's do this. You know, I think this segment is going to be one of your favorites because it's about halflings and gnomes. Great. You love halflings. I don't. No, darn it. You like gnomes. Nope. Oh, okay. So you're going to hate this segment. I hate them. All right. Well, let's go with some bings. We'll squish them all. And some bongs. We'll squish them under the bong. Bing bong! <laughs> Bing bong! Welcome to Lore You Should Know. Uh, I am Greg Tito, and I'm joined by these amazing lore masters, Mr. Chris Perkins. Hello. And Matt Cernet. Hello. And in this segment, we talk about little bits of D&D lore that you can... Little bits. Little bits. (laughs) uh, Very tiny, short bits uh, that you can use in your game uh, or for the funsies. And and this one, it's going to be about little peoples, the gnomes and halflings of the Forgotten Realms, where they all come from, some of the pantheons, uh, how they've been described uh, as being a part of the world of Faerun. Uh, so let's start with halflings. Uh, where, where are in the mythology do halflings come from in the Forgotten Realms? 
boy, I don't actually know where they come from. They just, yeah, they, they just, just are. Oh, they just are. They just are. Yeah, because yeah. it's funny because there, there's other Somebody origin stories over a from. Rock and uh, said, What's that? <laughs> <laughs> hey, <laughs> I'm Frodo. There's <laughs> origin <laughs> stories for a lot of races. Like uh, orcs are literally alien invaders to the world. They've been transported into the world. Yeah, elves came from fairy. Yeah, humans were both uh, races that rose up and evolved in from the, presumably apes in the world and were invaders. We have both versions of the Forgotten Realms. I don't know where elves or halflings came from. Like I, I don't. They just were always there. Yeah. Yeah, I, interesting. For the betterment of all, where uh, where are some of the first mentions of them in in the lore? Then, well, they certainly show up um, in the first gray box of Forgotten Realms, and mm-hmm. halflings and, and uh, gnomes are both described there. Uh, the the sort of wishy washiness of halflings and gnomes and dwarves and stuff like that kind of starts there and continues. In, in the gray box, initially, they were kind of like... Unimpeded. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, it, it probably was, we need to make sure that these D&D races are in the Forgotten Realms, so put right. them in there. Yeah. It, it, so they, I mean, they... The, they're, they're both described as races that sort of like to stay at home and uh, like their creature comforts. Um, they're both described as races that um, like nature and live with nature in harmony with nature. Um, they're both short and they're... <laughs> you they, can see the trouble cut starts to come in. Were they distinct in that gray box? That they were yes, like the homes, yes. gnomes and halflings? Were? They were distinct, yeah. And gnomes, even their gnomes, were even the first gray box, were described as a forgotten people. So even gnomes were then, even in the gray box, sidelined as an even more forgotten race than, than, than halflings are, mm. um, which is interesting. Uh, that is interesting. And, yeah. and there were forest gnomes and rock gnomes, and, and that was kind of the, the big distinction there. Um, I think with halflings, I don't know if we got to all the distinctions that we did in third. I don't think we certainly get to all of them. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, and it's funny because the, the basic D&D and sort of Greyhawk-style D&D gives you different definitions for halflings. Um, and, you know, Dragonlance had its own th- thing which was kender yeah. and so you know um so uh i mean halflings uh, in D lore and history uh, have typically just kind of evolved from the hobbit idea and how do we use them in there is that a, a similar in the forgotten realms that they kind of had a lot of those characteristics that were tolkien-esque i would think that's safe to say um i think that the forgotten realms as Ed conceived it, was taking what was in the core rule set and just finding homes for everything. Yeah. And halflings were present in the player's handbook, so were gnomes. Uh, they were both options. Uh, Ed just wanted to make everything in the player's handbook feel welcome in the setting. Mm-hmm. I think part of the reason why halflings have never been as fully explored historically is because of their demeanor mm. and the fact that they don't generally wage wars. Typically, history deals with the war telling. Yeah. You know, who conquered whom and took what from whom. Halflings generally don't want any part of that in the realms or anywhere else, at least, unless until you get the Dark Sun. <laughs> um, <laughs> Another podcast for yeah, that one. Exactly. Uh, so uh, you just kind of assume that they've had kind of a quiet history. Yeah. They live in their own, they have their own uh, uh, communities. Right. And if they do travel yes. into human lands, they're, right. you know, they're traitors yeah. or. Yeah. or uh, yeah. Both both the halflings and the gnomes are talked about in Mordenkainen's Tome of Foes. But one of the things that's called out about halflings is that they don't really have any humanoid enemies mm. or long standing grudges with other types of humanoids. Yeah. I mean, there, there was an attempt, I think, in previous editions to ha- make them 
<coughs> excuse me, be enemies of uh, kobolds and, and stuff like that. And the same thing was done with gnomes. Um, it didn't really stick, I don't think. I mean, it kind of kind of works, kind of doesn't. Yeah, it yeah. sticks a little bit with gnomes, but yeah, um, gnomes have a little bit more of a uh, you know they have uh, um, the deity uh, that they follow, Garl Glittergold. Yes, exactly, and and his uh, penchant for creating, tinkering, making things, and trickster is some Mis- sort of trickster. mischief and illusion. Yeah. Yeah, it, again, it's one of those things where uh, there's there's so many kind of things thrown at the gnomes all at once that it's hard to say, like, this is who the gnomes are. Uh, because the gnomes are, you know, illusionists, and they're tinkerers, and they love nature, and can talk to animals. And, <laughs> you know, and it's like, what is going on here? Whereas, you know, something <laughs> with, with the elves, it's like, okay... They're they're awesome at fighting, and they have magic that they're awesome at, and they're good in the woods. Okay, got it. Yeah, uh-huh. even that's a lot, though. <laughs> it is, yeah. but but you know, it's it's less of a mixed bag, I think, than what you get with the gnomes. In uh, uh, in the Forgotten Realms, then, do gnomes offer? Are they uh, do they have a fey characteristic to them? Do they have? Are they elf like? No, in the conception not, of them, not really. No, so. There's there's mainly two types of gnomes. Um, there's the sort of the rock, well, three I guess, the rock gnomes and um, forest gnomes and Svirfnblin. Uh, so forest gnomes you can think of as like David the gnome uh, in you know the cartoon of the book, whatever, yeah. uh, and that's pretty much what they are. Rock gnomes are similar in that they tend to live in hidden away places and burrows under the ground and so on, but they are more focused on uh, sort of constructing things and building and, and making tinkering and so on. And in Fragment Realms, oftentimes that is literally tinkering, like making things out of tin. Mm. Um, it's kind of like, you know, one of the things that they do. Uh, and, you know, over the course of editions, there's been weird things that happen. So, like, the idea that they're inventors um, is a strong theme, but that kind of got borrowed a little bit from uh, Dragonlance, where you have the uh, Tinker Gnomes, right. who are just crazy inventors. And then um, the, the sort of steampunky elements of WoW, uh, World of Warcraft, kind of crept in at a certain point in yeah. various editions of the game. And so, again, they kind of got moved all over the map because they, they kind of lacked that central identity. Right. The affinity with Gond uh, yeah. kind of had some of that. So they, they were associated with Gond, and then, then they were associated with a specific gnome deity that was their own name, um, but it was sort of implied or even said that, that was actually just Gond. Uh, and so, oh, really? Yeah. It's, it's, it just went all over the place. So with Morganke's Tome of Foes, we really, with both halflings and gnomes, tried to draw uh, stronger distinctions between them and make them, between each other, the, the two races, and then within the race, make them more distinct and more interesting um, for the, the game and as a whole. Right. Nice. That makes sense. Uh, we skipped over the halfling pantheon just to talk about some of them. So what uh, what, are, what are some of them within the Forgotten Realms? Um, well, there's, there's Yondala, Yondala is the main one. Uh, she's sort of the, the mother goddess, as it were. Um, her symbol is a, oh, corn- that's where they her symbol is a cornucopia. Yeah. Oh, all right, that makes sense. But that's uh, where they came from, the, the mother goddess. She, she, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. there is that is that that is one of the, the sort of legends. She just made them. Yeah. Um, and then there's uh, we'll God, go with that. That makes sense. Yeah. There's Sheila Pararoyal. Royal. Yeah. <laughs> um, and there's uh, gosh, there's a, there's a, a sort of like a, a defender deity mm-hmm. and um. I'm going to mix them up with the gnome gods yeah. because we... Because <laughs> yeah, it's very easy to do, but uh, suffice to say they're uh, halfling 
there are some similarities to Forgotten Realms halflings and hobbits. Um, the, the two types of halflings, Strongheart and Lightfoot, the two main types, there are other types yeah. as well, but yeah. um, basically are aspects of the hobbit personality. Right. The, the half of you who wants to just stay home and you know, grow carrots, and then the other half of you who wants to run off and do you know, new things and explore that river and see where it goes. Have some wanderlust. Exactly. Yeah. So, and the wanderlust element, of course, was picked up and just ran with it with the kender. Um, but the halflings in the Forgotten Realms very much sort of fit into those two camps. Yeah. The ones that you meet out in the wild are the, the explorers, and the ones that you meet in, the, in their small little villages are the, the strong hearts who are quite happy to stay at home and smoke their pipes and bake their pies. And uh, The halflings get along very well with the other races, uh, like the, the dwar- generally speaking, the humans and whatnot. So it's very common to see halfling communities within human cities like Waterdeep and other settlements of the north. Yeah. Um, They're kind of integrated. Yes. It's much rarer to see a gnome community, if there are any, right. um, in human societies. They Unless tend to be sort of individual, um, you know, who've gone to the city and decided to make their life as a tinker or as an illusionist or something like yeah. that. So. One could argue that Lantan is an exception, but then it's sort of a confined island. Yeah. So... And Lantan is one of those things where, where the message kind of got weirdly blurred. So originally Lantan was a uh, sort of land of human inv- inventors associated mm-hmm. with Gond. But then because gnomes became tinkerers and then they got associated with Gond, then all of a sudden Lantan was in third edition basically populated with a bunch of gnomes as well. Right. And so it was just... Uh, now we assume it's humums and gnomes living together. Happily. Mass hysteria. <laughs> Wait, no. Happily. <laughs> happily Mass together. is probably not far from the truth. <laughs> all right, great. Well, I like a lot of this will be... Uh, uh, cleared up in Morning Canyon's yeah. Tome of Foes uh, coming out in May uh, May 18th, May 29th uh, everywhere else um, so, so notable by its absence in Murdy Curdy's Term of Furs is <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> one of my favorite monsters from 3rd edition's Monsters of Faerun so this oh was gosh. a Forgotten Realms monster oh gosh. that was described as <laughs> <laughs> the halfling's greatest natural no, enemy no, 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 <laughs> stop please stop what was it? <laughs> I will say its name, and you can go find a PDF version of uh, Monsters of Faerun, third edition, oh. on DM's Guild, and look it up for yourself. But the monster is called the Tall Mouther. Yeah, the Tall Mouther. Yes, go look it up. Oh. You'll be richly rewarded. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Uh, for for people who want to uh, prove that they have done that, uh, where can they tell you that on Twitter? Uh, they can tell me that on Twitter at Chris Perkins DND. Uh, at Cernet, S-E-R-N-E-T-T. And don't send those uh, pictures to, to Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Matt knows all too well the perils of the tall mouth. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you, guys. We'll be back with another Lore You Should Know pretty soon. So what did you think about that segment? Did that seem like that was right up your alley so that you know all about what halflings and gnomes are doing in Morton Canyon's Tomophos? No. All right, then. Gnome... <laughs> No, my don't. No, my don't care. Nope. You know what? We should just get right to the Australians. I'd like to. Let's bring in Dave and Shaq, and we can talk all about their awesome stuff. And their accents. Yes. Also awesome. Awesome. Huge cliff. Uh, Like lemmings. Yep. Ass over Tito, is that what you just said? (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Ass over tea kettle, but Tito's way better. That makes way more sense. Yeah. Uh, We, of course, have two awesome guests with us in the studio from the Dragon Friends. We got David Harmon and Shakira Khan. Hello. Hello. 
It is us from the other side of the world. Authentic. All the way from the bottom. A long yes. way away. And now you're here, as Drake said. You started at the bottom, <laughs> and now you're here. Yeah, started at the bottom, ended up in Seattle. I believe yeah. is what he said. That's exactly what he meant. That's exactly what he yeah. meant, yeah. yes. Mm. Toronto guy, but yeah, no, mm. sure, that makes total sense. Totally. Uh, so you guys came to the U.S. for, for funzos, right? For funzos? Yeah, yeah, no, this, isn't, this isn't business for us. Um, me and Shakira are incredibly lazy, disorganized people, and we got married a year, year, and, a a year and a half ago. A year and a half This ago. is our honeymoon. All right. Yeah. Is it still a honeymoon? A <laughs> or is it a vacation? We haven't been on holiday since then, so I guess it's still a honeymoon. Yeah, it feels yeah. it feels like that. Um, but we're we were going to a whole bunch of cities, and of course we were here for Tomb of Annihilation, and that was the first time we'd ever been to Seattle. So we wanted to do Seattle properly um, because last time we did it, I think we rode on a swan boat, and then someone <laughs> threw a fish at me. Um, <laughs> That's very that's Seattle. Seattle, yeah. <laughs> okay, you did it. That's perfect. <laughs> Uh, so you guys were already married at the Stream of Annihilation a year ago, and mm. now, uh, then you finally get the honeymoon. Newlyweds. That makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah you were like newlyweds. You were newlyweds <laughs> back yes. then. That's how we chose to spend our time. <laughs> I guess that is true. So technically, last year was kind of a honeymoon. Oh, God. We just took you were the dragon friends with us. Yeah, we took six of our incredibly annoying and in- cool. friends with us. <laughs> To Seattle Sweet. and play Dungeons and Dragons with them. What mm. else do people do okay. on honeymoons? I don't know. That I'd... seems normal. Is that what you did on your honeymoon? You mm-hmm. went out and you played uh, Dungeons and Dragons? Mm-hmm. I did not. I did have a lava flow, though. Does that count? What is a lava flow? I think it's a Hawaiian thing. It's basically like a strawberry daiquiri, but they call it a lava flow. Yeah, right. Yeah, because cool. it's like the strawberry's not mixed yet, so then it starts to mix as That's... you get it. That's what I was told mm. anyway. And then I drank a lot of them, and they always tried to give them to my wife, who was ordering, like, Mai Tais and, and like, brown liquids. And I was like, no, 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 I want the sweet stuff. No. Bring me the sweet he stuff. He likes the girly drinks. <laughs> it's true. They're so good. Yeah. They just go down that perfectly. amazing. I've discovered, um, I think, like, brunch is a bigger deal in, we were in Boston, maybe it's a Boston thing, but we are all about brunch now, which is apparently breakfast, but you're allowed to be drunk. Exactly. Yeah. Is what I'm discovering. Do they not have brunch in Australia? We have brunch, but... It's We've never not really so done into it. drinking. Yeah. Like it's a, a much it's much less about the mimosa. Oh no, yeah. that's mm, all it's about. Yeah. Here. yeah. Bloody so, Mary, a little, but mostly mimosa. Maybe an Aperol spritz if you're feeling cheeky, but mm. I'm enjoying the hell out of it. Yep. I saw you guys you we, we just had lunch and you guys ordered a mimosa. <laughs> like that's you guys are in the the, the honeymoon. Is it okay <laughs> to be drunk on your <laughs> podcast? Uh, have you, not, have you never heard this <laughs> podcast? <laughs> Obviously. Sorry, Greg. Drunk you yet. You're welcome. Shots. Everybody do shots. That's it. Yeah. That's what's in this. It's like straight up vodka every single Got time. Got to. He Tito's has terrible, vodka, he has terrible mm-hmm. stage fright, so he has to be drunk anytime um, he's in public. I see, I That's a very... <laughs> Mine is just pure social. His is medical. <laughs> just imagine how angry you'd be as the lawyer that read that rider, and it's like he's allowed to be wasted all the time. It's, yeah. It's how we do it. It's how we do it. That's how it, we it's keep... It's a medical condition. It is. It's right. It's, I have a doctor's note. Some it's people have EpiPens. <laughs> Greg has vodka. <laughs> It's true. It's true. Uh, so um, the uh, Dragon Friends have been going strong. You guys are doing starting your fourth season. We are uh, six episodes into season episodes four in. of wow. Dragon Friends. Yeah, uh, which has seen them go all the way from the Sword Coast. They are now on a spaceship, and they are traveling through the flotation of the nine known worlds, going around having adventures, losing their friends, um, finding new friends, and yeah, we're having a good old time. 
Um, <laughs> that sounds cool. mad. Wow, wonderful. Matt Sternit would be so happy that you guys are using all of the, the spell jammering you could possibly do to, to get I'm, from space to pace. I'm a big fan of the yeah, sort of 80s kind of crazy D&D, and so yeah. we're doing a lot of that. I really hope that they fight a space hamster at one point. That's kind of my goal. <laughs> nice. So I'll see if I can make that happen. Yeah. So as Dungeon Master, you can totally make that happen. Are you, the, are you yeah. the DM? Yeah. So it's we have a very strange setup I'm increasingly realizing, which is that I've a co-DM, so I run the adventures. Um, I do a lot of sort of the planning, particularly the mechanical stuff. And then I have Ben Jenkins, who is an idiot boy in a suit who does voices. And he's very, very funny. He has about three voices. Two of them are trademarked properties of the Hanna-Barbera Corporation. <laughs> but nice. he finds ways to use them. And, yeah, so he'll improvise the social reactions of a lot of our NPCs, plays the NPCs. And um, if he says canon three times really quickly after he says an idiot thing, it has to become part of the story. That's sort of how we work. Okay. Canon, like canon, that. canon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like that. As it, does it get more increasingly like nervous as he says the second canon? Then you're like, no, 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 don't you, don't you dare don't. say the third. <laughs> Is it up to him? Like he gets to decide. Any, anyone can say canon. Okay. It's it's not a good system. I have a lot. <laughs> I have a lot of less control than a typical dungeon master. Um, our show has been described as very chaotic in the past, um, and which is fair by often by, by guests that appear on it. But <laughs> we, yeah, it's everybody who plays is has a background in improv comedy and so we all and we all kind of went to uni together and did comedy shows together for years and we also do the show in a live theater in sydney in front of an audience Mm -hmm. and we all drink um we record two episodes per live show so a fun game to play if you're ever listening to dragon friends is that i have a bit of control and i've obviously done some prep work for even numbered episodes and odd episodes. It's the other way around. Odd episodes kind of make sense and even episodes are very loose because we do them after we've been drinking, playing Dungeons and Dragons for a while. Oh, because you record them back to back. Yeah, Ah. that's right. And that's usually when the canon, canon, canon happens is Dave's taking a sip of wine or something. Get in there with the cannon, oh, cannon, cannon. Yeah, yeah. It's like before you can take back. Before Dave it's can do really anything. upsetting. Yeah. Which is yeah, it's it often involves naming characters. It's why we had the vampire Stride had a bogan Australian accent um, <laughs> for a season of our show. It's very upsetting as somebody who takes D and D very seriously <laughs> and likes to create a certain sense of gravitas. Yeah, but it is the hell that I live in. That's what I love about what you guys brought to the table, though, was this uh, just this fun and comedic aspect of it. Because that's one of the, my favorite parts about Dungeons and Dragons and playing it is just making people laugh at the table. Like it doesn't even it usually has nothing to do with the game itself, and that's where it can break down yeah, when yeah. you're trying to do like a, a complete narrative or something like that. But just an offhanded remark that gets everybody laughing—that's the thing. Then like, oh, that's this is we're having fun, and I get little you know jolts of fun from that. So it was cool to have yeah. you guys have the entire group almost doing that at every moment. Yeah, yeah, and it was so fun to do it at Stream, at stream of Annihilation where we got to um, play and see all the different ways, because I only know the way that I play D&D, so yeah. it was really interesting to sort of see some of the other groups and meet some of the other people and have conversations with them and discover like all, all the different ways that different people play. I've always played with comedian Australian dickheads, <laughs> and so that's just how the game works, as I understand it. That's how it is uh, the world round. Yeah, that's kind of how we play. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and you've got a lot of fans, I think, on the, uh, uh, you know, obviously in Australia, uh, but then uh, through the podcast and then oh, most through... Of, most of our fans are American. Having here on the Twitch channel, I think, uh, has been awesome on Friday nights. I would love tuning in and seeing you guys and then having the the the, the hangover uh, uh, 
uh, talk beforehand on the Saturday afternoons because you guys were in the future. Yep, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah so the way we did Tomb of Annihilation is that in, in our main campaign, they were in Shadowrun and sort of the present day. In 2075, Australia at that point, in a casino, they found an arcade room and they found an old arcade called the Tomb of Annihilation. And they all sort of got sucked into it and woke up again. And that's how we sort of broke our timelines apart. And we did Tomb of Annihilation. And we failed. I cannot... <laughs> did everybody else fail? Because they let out the Atropel and then ran. And I think that's how... Sorry, if anybody's still watching Tomb of Annihilation, Dragon Friends, it didn't end very well. <laughs> I don't think anybody was watching it for, for, the, for the story or the plot. It was for how they ended up making it happen. Yeah. Uh, and so, Shakira, you do uh, all the switching of the videos as well as the yeah. audio. So I do all the, yeah, the vision switching and the audio mixing, um, which is hard for one person to do, it turns out. <laughs> very unfair uh, system. <laughs> Very unfair, um, but yeah. So that that's been a really fun thing to like. Yeah, I love how you do. call it vision switching. It makes it feel like you're no. uh, uh, like yeah, you're having like on a journey, powers. like a vision quest or something yeah. like that. Yep. And also, I mean, given that we only have like three cameras, but you know, it's still kind of vision switching. It's um, hard to do. Yeah, Shaq also designs, uh, did the website, and so is in charge of a lot of uh, social media as well, and a lot of the stuff that we have out online. The background stuff. All the, all the stuff that doesn't involve me looking like an idiot on stage. <laughs> just backstage. Like, yeah, I just help these guys look like an idiot on stage. Well, you make them look real good. Real good. Real, real idiotic. Real, real idiotic. Really, really idiotic. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. That's right. Yeah. So David also went to theater school. Did you know that? I figured. Oh. <laughs> doesn't Nobody wants to hear that. It's, I am a, I'm an ex- theater. I, I, yeah, and I mean, I'm sure a lot of us are, but I figured like it just sounds... In a good way. All right, okay, all right. Yeah, no, I did... a safe place. All right. Um, I, <laughs> you can talk nerd. about what happened. <laughs> it's <laughs> beginning. <laughs> it's the fact that you're wearing a leotard kind of gave it away. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for having me on your show. <laughs> the great thing is, Dave, right now your glasses are fogging up. Oh, they... My glasses oh, do this. Nobody else's. My glasses fog up. It's um, the glasses' fault. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. It has to be right. <laughs> but the starting to feel very pressured about this theater. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I so I was trained. I went to the, the the big theater school in Australia, and I was trained to be a director before I got into D and D. But I think a lot of people do. Surely, I think that yeah. uh, again, all of our players are improvisers, and that obviously helps a lot. And for me, like directing like I'm all of my favorite theater is incredibly interactive and immersive and all the theater that I did was increasingly interactive and all my favorite game experiences are really theatrical and that's why I think we like doing our show as a live stage show but it's also why I'm into mega games like I, I ran watch the skies which is a big mega game a couple of times in Sydney and I used to put on big um, event mafia games for like 50 people or 50 of my friends before we did dragon friends so we're we're yeah, we're deep nerds, uh, but definitely there's a big I think theatrical bent in the way we like to yeah. do stuff. So, this is the part of the show where I have to ask questions rapid fire because I'm gonna forget them. Okay, do it. Here we go. Okay, take us back to a time before <laughs> the show began, and you said, "I bet people would come to a theater and do they pay? Do people? Pay? They do. And pay money to watch us play D and D. What I mean." How do we get to that? How did we get there to this 
this point in our lives. It's really important to realize that we did not have a lot of confidence about the idea. So really? the first Dragon Friends was going to be basically a one-off show um, that we were going to just do for our friends. And the silliest thing about it is that the podcast was like a week out afterthought where someone was like, oh, you know, it's really easy to just put audio on. Why don't you guys just put it on a podcast? And we did it mostly so that we would have a recording of it. And yeah, but really it was just, we thought it was going to be completely unsustainable. Our show's premise was comedians play Dungeons and Dragons for the first time. And oh, okay. that was the joy of the first show. And it's a slogan that has become increasingly inaccurate. And Alex Lee, uh, who'd never played D&D before, had a moment where she realized that she's now played Dungeons and Dragons steadily for four years. Oh, yeah. And I was like, yeah, you've played probably three times as much D&D as I ever played before we started playing Dragon <laughs> Friends. Right. Um, the inc- I love wow. the increasingly in- inaccurate tagline. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Um, but, yeah, and so we were really lucky. We, did, we had a couple of big... Um, we were very lucky to go to the Australian PAX, um, and that was a big moment for us that sort of found an audience for the show, and that's when we started. We were basically... Rec- it's a 300-seat theatre, but we were really performing it in a tiny corner of it. And now we've sort of taken over the main space of the theatre when we do the shows. Like 300 people? No, no, no. So I'd say we on a good show we would sell maybe 150 tickets. That's amazing. But it's we, but considering that's an audience but that it's comes... growing. Yeah, month by month as well. Yeah. It's so lovely. And they are the coolest people because... They um, make T-shirts, you know. They they oh, some cool. draw comics. They draw comics. Um, they bring us, you know, plushies that they've made. Um, recently, uh, um, these Carolyn and Kale, who are two people who come to it a lot, brought us bingo cards that they made of all the things that we do wrong in the show oh, <laughs> and distributed them. That is awesome. It was like, I remember like one bingo square was um, Ben Jenkins loses the plot and just swears for a laugh. And, and like one which was very unkind to me was Dave gets 3.5 and 5th edition confused. <laughs> <laughs> Brackets, reflex, will, etc. <laughs> Sometimes it's a spot check. Are you a spot check? Oh uh, yeah, I do touch attacks all the time. I still really like a good touch attack. Hey, you know what? It's your game. You can do what you want with it. <laughs> That's what I I keep telling them. Yeah. Choose the best. That's not wrong. It's, it's not just wrong. Different. It's just like a la carte. Exactly. Yeah, it's fine. So is the audience involved in the show? Is it interactive? Well, the bingo certainly well, the made bingo it interactive. Part, they make themselves interactive. The, I, guess. I think the loveliest thing about our audience is they'll occasionally heckle, but it's heckling to help out right. the cast members. <laughs> like, it's usually reminding helpful. them of a magic yeah. item they have. Like, And that's probably, oh, and we get them to draw fan art. So, oh, yeah. the best thing that is, yeah, we, so we, mm. we give away prizes and they, we hand out um, sketchbooks before each show. And you can find all this stuff on our website because that's where a lot of the comics, but also they just draw the scenes live. And then in the interval and at the end, we just show all this great art that's been drawn of wow. that adventure. That is I, so cool. I don't understand. I find art akin to a kind of school of magic, like yeah. people that can draw I agree. beautiful art so quickly yeah. like is amazing and I don't know how they do that it's just like it ends up being like this completely well thought out composition that would take if you were using words like it would take me a month to write something <laughs> as good yeah. as that and, and I'm sure as you guys know if you've like ever Dungeon Mastered like the ability to like create a scene and then 45 minutes later have someone show you a cool drawing of it is just so it feels like yeah a huge gift it's really really fun that, that is, is cool that's cool so you mentioned guest stars as well yeah so who are these people? So we are 
a lot of our friends work in comedy, um, live comedy in a, or TV comedy. And also some of them work in the media. Alex Lee, for instance, used to, um, when we started Dragon Friends, was working for BuzzFeed. So we had weird connections to not just a lot of comedians, but kind of commentators and politicians. And so we had some... Politicians? Well, when we, <laughs> we did our first packs, we had Australian Green Senator Scott Ludlam. Really? Came and played a level four uh, wood elf ranger called Twiggy of the Forest. Oh, great! Because oh, it was green. Yeah, it makes perfect mm-hmm. sense. Uh, also, Twiggy Forest is a mag- is like a mining magnet in Australia, so it worked <laughs> on a lot of levels. <laughs> so many layers. And it was, um, yeah, he was fantastic. And he because we'd we'd already heard from somebody who knew from, through the media that he was a big D and D player. Um, but we've also had a lot of comedians. Um, Auntie Donna, who tour Australia, we've had Mark Bonanno on um, Jordan Raskopoulos from Axis of Awesome. Um, she came on quite a few times. Uh, we we have a lot of comedian friends that do the show, um, and yeah, I'm just trying to think. We've had a, a lot of people. Do you know yeah. we've got um, Susie Yusuf tonight? Yes, with her, they're recording. I'm terrified. I'm oh, really upset fine. about this. Wait, so Ben right. is going to be running this? Yes. If you're in Australia, I really recommend getting a chill phone down to Giant Dwarf where we do the show because. Um, I usually manage not to miss, but I am missing the taping of the next two episodes of Dragon yeah. Friends. And so Ben is running it, and he's decided that he's going to completely write the adventure. He, I've had no input. I haven't seen any notes. Oh, no. I've had a brief... Mm-hmm. He knows the general arc of where we're trying to go, and he knows about the world of where we set it, this ship called the Saturnine. But I... <laughs> very curious to see what happens. I remember last time, well, once before we left... And when I left them, they were like in a desert and I was like, they need to find water and get to a city. And then I came back and they had a Mad Max convoy of weapons and a tribe. (laughs) And one of them was like, yeah, like with the guitar, you know, flames. (laughs) Um, And I had to deal with that for the next, in a way that didn't feel like it was just taking away all their toys. (laughs) He's a very permissive dungeon master. To have all the things, all the magic items. He's like a dad. He's a dad. Yeah, yeah. he's like a half player, half DM, so that's part of it too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's he's the cool dungeon master you have to see on the weekend to give <laughs> you an Xbox. He's like, <laughs> tells you the other dungeon guilt. master doesn't it's really love guilt. you. Yeah. Kids. Yeah. Go ask David. Go ask David if it's okay. No. 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 <laughs> oh my god. That's very funny. <laughs> so is Dragon Friends why your your honeymoon has been delayed for so long? No, it's 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 a part. It's symptomatic of of the fact that we we tend to, all of us, we get very busy. Um, we all do a lot of things in Sydney. So, um, Dragon Friends is increasingly a bigger and bigger part of it, which was is a surprise and a delight. Um, but yes, I'm sure you've been very busy with Zed Town stuff. And yeah, I, wanna, oh, yeah. I wanted to ask you about Zed Town. Oh yeah, it sounds really exciting. Tell, yeah. tell everybody what it is. Uh, okay, so Zed Town, um, as in Z E D. T-O-W-N. Um, For American people, that means Z-Town. Well, see, here's the thing. When we first uh, called it Z-Town, we called it Z-Town so American people would be able to spell it out. And they've actually had no troubles with it. Australians Australian people... Are the ones who just have the they, Z. They just ah. think that it's the letter. And we're like, oh, my God. You're like, you um, can't win. Yeah. But, um, yeah, Z-Town is a giant zombie apocalypse game. So it's like from for be between 500 to 1,500 people rock up to a venue. So we've done universities. What? We've done 
two dueling stadiums. We've done an old Western town in Phoenix. Um, and everyone rocks up as survivors with their Nerf um, blasters. And then we have maybe 10 starting zombies. And then the zombies slowly start tagging people. No, wait, this is a real live... Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. So what is your role in this? My, I'm the digital director. So it's got um, an app that also goes with it. So everyone, when they rock up, they get a dog tag with, like, a unique ID. And so they scan it into the app. It registers them in and it says, okay, there are 1,000 survivors and 10 zombies. Oh. And then when the zombies then start tagging the survivors, they get their dog tags and scan it in and then the counts start shifting. Uh-oh. Yeah, so it's just a way of keeping track. So is there like a winner of this? Um, it, when does the game end? So does it, it end? It, yeah, yeah. It's still going on it's right still now. still going forever. <laughs> um, so it goes traditionally between about three and four hours. We've done up to like eight hours, I think. Um, but yeah, we usually in the final hour, the final mission, because there's missions going throughout the whole game, um, the final mission is to make it to evac. Um, and if you make it to the evac zone, then uh, you survive. So if you don't make it to the evac zone, but you do like m survive somewhere out in the field, technically you've lost. Because think uh -oh. about any zombie game, if you don't make it to the, to the chopper, chopper <laughs> you're done. Chopper's You're done. without you. Oh, yeah. yeah so I, we've been doing it since 2012. And I think in that time, we've had maybe a total of 50 survivors, but probably like well over 10,000 players. Wow. That yeah, is amazing. Awesome. Yeah, they're, they're pretty amazing games. So we, we started doing them because originally I used to do them with Shakira and we started them doing them just at the tail end of uni with a lot of people that were actually sort of still Dragon Friends connected. Like um, Alex, Eden, Ben have all played NPCs in it and um, sort of characters. And we were mostly doing them with our friends. And it was a couple of other people involved as well. There was like about, you know, there was three or four of us that were making these games. And then they just kept growing and growing. And then um, Andrew, who was one of those people that was making the games with Shaq, um, just started, yeah, building and building. And this is the first time you they've done games yeah. in America. Just, yeah, gone to America. We did um, Costa Mesa in Orange County and Austin and Phoenix. So then hopefully coming back. To Seattle. Seattle. We've got two stadiums, you know, quite next to each other. Yeah. Well, there we go. So maybe Seattle might be the next one. That, that would be, be when fun. the next outbreak is. Yeah. So are the zombies and, and the NPCs actors? So the NPCs are all actors. We have, um, so because at the start of the game there aren't a lot of zombies, we actually also have factions, which means that it, there's survivor on survivor kind of like fighting. Oh. So kind of like Walking Dead kind of okay. um, Right, there'll be like stuff. one militant person and then one who's more of a pacifist exactly. or something like so, that. So yeah, we've, we've got like a red faction, a gold faction and a blue faction, which is we kind of break up into like, you know, kind of security logistics and medical for, you know, story oh, it's building. It's not lawful good, neutral good. And it kind of is. It, it, it oh, kind of works is. into that way. Red is always like the kind of like, I always said that red was the chaotic evil faction. Mm. <laughs> Blue was kind of the the totalitarian um, faction, the very lawful faction, and um, gold was the inscrutable faction. So we tried mm. not to make it good, neutral, evil. It's all things that can very much be the baddies in somebody else's story. Got it. Yeah. 
Um, and then we, we also have a couple of boss zombies, which, um, so we've got the witch, which, you know, kind of borrowed from, you know, like uh, Left for Dead and all that kind of stuff, like that kind of idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've also got, in Austin, we had a BMX zombie, so just a guy <laughs> riding around on a bike. Oh um, that so fun. We've had the derby zombie, so just on oh raw blades. Oh, my God, that would be awesome. Um, and we, they're all made up. There's, like, yeah. how many makeup artists are there? On? Uh, oh, so we've got, like, a couple of lead makeup artists, maybe about two or three, um, usually that have done, like, proper, like, you know, worked on movies and, um, you know, big live shows. Um, so, they're, yeah, they're all probably made But only, again, but a thousand I've seen on, so you guys have had, like, 10, 12 makeup artists. Like you, oh, yeah, yeah. So we, we've got, like, three lead makeup artists and then, yeah, we, we get usually, um, like, you know, uh, the college, like, you know, people studying and stuff like that to also... To come like, and help. And, and to help out and... Yeah. Yeah, just because by the end of it, they're making up a thousand people. Oh, because even when you so get turned into a zombie, you start you getting get turned. You go, yeah, so hit, hit the makeup. Yeah, yeah. right. So when go to the, go to your trailer. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so when you turn into a zombie, like you've got the choice, you can go get proper makeup done, or we've also got a DIY station. Oh, like for the people that just want to kind of slap on a quick no, one. get back to the, the game. Oh, like, yeah. deal. Exactly. I got to tag my friend who just, uh, uh, yeah. That's actually the biggest thing. Like people don't actually want to get out there and just start collecting tags from anyone it's their friends that <laughs> left them for dead <laughs> like, revenge is the biggest thing that sounds yeah. like a lot of fun i love how that blends so much of uh where video games kind of took the tabletop gaming so like when you know D in the 70s and, and and board games and then digital gaming had their own like innovations and things that changed up to how to play in a group in a multiplayer situation and then now you guys are feeding that back into the face-to-face games i just think that's so awesome and it's yeah. it's the the digital tools as well like are insane i like i don't know just to be if you if you if you're getting the sense of the scale of them because i think they've built 12 like giant electronic pylon yeah. props that are where you have sort of team fortress style classes and smart cards that give you certain powers when oh you swipe God. them there's timers and there's, there's all these kind of video elements and there's an app yeah so the app basically allows you to keep track of what's happening in the game um, it allows you to go on personal missions mm. so you might talk to your warlord and the warlord will say like alright our base needs more fuel go out and find some fuel and you'll be able to scan a QR code on your app and basically it will tell you where to go yeah. So it's kind to, of like to get that. a cross between role playing and sort of social mm. games, but also there's a huge open world exploration video game, yeah, like like a live video game um, element to it. Yeah, they're really really fun. It's it, I ended up going to do a full time job. I manage a theater now, but it's they're super fun, and I really like any time I get a chance mm. to go into one, I still go to them. So now the real question is how, I mean, this is obviously zombie-based, and that's a little bit easier when there's, like, a virus that's taking over zombies, blah, blah, blah. I get that. How can we make this D&D? How can we make this fantasy role-play instead of... Oh, I think you absolutely could. Yeah. I think... yeah. You guys are the designer of this, right? You design this kind of together? Yeah, exactly, yeah. So I'm asking the right people. Wait, did you guys invent this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this was... 
We there was what? Wait, I <laughs> thought this was like an existing thing, and you work for this company. This no, is no. your guys' thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they then made bring Z-Town. it to Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> well, then you can. Um, there's an American. Yeah, you'd have to convince V Star Entertainment that they can do yeah, it here. So they're a, they're like our American events partner. Okay. That have like helped us bring it over. Licensed it. Oh yeah. my god, this is incredible. Yeah, but so yeah. But how, so how did you do it fantasy? Kids. How do you, how would you make it like fantasy? Like I think you totally could. I mean, I would I would probably say that you would build it around a kind of curse, like that, a death curse. Yeah, like oh. a, some kind of master plan of some um, big Crazy bad, <laughs> and that is sort of create. Yeah, that is a cre- creating a kind of trans a contagious cult where your your people sort of are being forcibly converted into some kind of hordish army. You could also just do it really fun, I think, with, like, um, goblins and, you know, like, everybody's playing goblin tribes that are slowly being united under one tribe. Oh, 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 like the Shadows of War games. Yeah. Like those, like, right? Like you're, it's, it's all... just like Shadows you, of you War. Unite the clans. Back when I was still doing it, we we did one which was very much um, Mad Maxi in its mm. theme. And just the growing sort of horde of... Uh, made up war boys mm. that was growing was like that that sense of slowly deteriorating odds as society collapses <laughs> works really well in fantasy and sci-fi yeah. and poster park yeah. it doesn't need to just be zombies it's true it's true and then you can get classes each everybody can have like you know wizards exactly, clerics, yeah, exactly. Well, they, they already have the class-based system so yeah yeah, yeah. we're all the specialists so. yeah. yeah i think it would, it would actually be a really fun thing to kind of like yeah, reskin it. Yeah. Like and go like, yeah. What does it look like without zombies? You can make the app be more like a scrying stone or something like that. Something that like you know allows you to communicate with a, a high mind or something like that through yeah. telepathy or psionics or mm. something. Like. And well, that's the thing. One of the things that we actually have in the app right now is so you can actually create squads with your friends. And then adventure you, parties. Yeah, with your adventure <laughs> oh, parties. Oh, parties. So, and you can actually chat to them already, like directly through the app. Oh. And we've also we've got a built-in radio station, so there's, you know, there's probably ways to also use that and get, like, messages out to, like, the right. entire... The wizards yeah. are calling out for, for this objective to be done yeah. you know, at some point. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. This is so cool. Yeah, <laughs> I'm on board. <laughs> but if you want to keep it zombies... So we're releasing this fall Axis and Allies and Zombies. Oh, that sounds oh. great. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe just World War Two it up a little. It would yeah, World War Two would How definitely hard work. Is that? Everyone loves a little World War Two zombies. <laughs> What's a we, little we did, we did do a um I think we did a Cold War one. Yeah, like that's a, right. A version of a Cold War. Yeah, so. period period Z Town is very fun. Yeah. Period Z Town. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pride and Civil War and one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go back to the Greek times. Yep. Who knew that was an inspiration for Party Aristotle? <laughs> That's awesome. That's I love. So I just cool. love the idea of blending, you know, uh, uh, theater mm. with gaming, with technology, with this kind of. Uh, I guess the one piece that you guys are missing is like the live streaming of like the performance element yeah. of it, of like showing people this, so that even if you're not in the city where it is, to be able to experience it and yep. have fun with it. There, there's yeah. a, there's increasing so cool. that is increasingly becoming a part of Z Town. One of the things they do, which is really really cool, is 
they have an in-world radio station that is streamed online which gives tips for how to survive the zombies, where the zombies are amassing. It's so freaky. For some reason, that, like, creeps me out. Oh, oh it's... War of the Worlds? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, yeah, it's a real it. thing? It's yep. super fun, but it would be very oh. easy to move from that to, like, You're a... Right. I think... Are you... <laughs> no. I think I'm having <laughs> some flashback. You're, I think it's, like, a, a past little, life thing. You're, is that Woo! a... You're not... You don't want to taste brains or anything right now, do you? <laughs> Beans. <laughs> Beans. <laughs> <laughs> You're a zombie who only wants to eat beans. I really a vegan zombie. I mean, brains still have points, so I'm going to stick with my beans. <laughs> do you need me to go get what I left on your desk? Yes, I do. Please. <laughs> yes, I was gone for nine days, and Shelly gave me a, uh, a bottle of, I don't even know what it was, but it just flushes your system out. It, was, like, it was a beautiful, oh, oh, fizzy laxative. <laughs> oh, like but, seltzer water, but, right. but a laxative. Yeah. Uh, fizzy laxative. But it looked so, mm. like, like a really nice craft seltzer drink, and oh, in tiny so little letters delicious. it says laxative. I yeah. saw that on your desk. I thought, oh, like it was like a red health potion. Yeah, that's right. what I thought it was too. And then kind it, of, it is I mean, a red a health, health potion. Yeah. Shelly left me that with a package Gastric of dude health. wipes. Dude wipes. <laughs> They're exactly what you think they are. Do not like that. Thanks. Shiny, tiny. <laughs> I really felt welcome. Thank you. I think she's trying to tell you something. I, I have to sit in a room with this guy for three hours every <laughs> Monday. <The worst. laughs> Just need to get him out every once in a while. <laughs> dude at least once an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Dude Wipes could sponsor some d d Ooh, that's a good idea. Right? So, we're talking to you, Dude Wipes. Hey, Dude Wipes. <laughs> Reach higher. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> He's trying we, to talk. We also don't have a lot of confidence about our show. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a defining feature, really. <laughs> Oh, man. So we're sad that you guys can't make it to uh, the stream of Many Eyes. Yeah, no, I can't believe it. That it's just so exciting, though, that it's happening again. I, like That suggests that you guys are going to keep, I hope, doing these kind of big events. I think so, yeah. We like the uh, you know uh, the, the blending of all of these things, of getting uh, uh, people in one place, but then changing it up and making it uh, new and different. So, uh, yeah, we want to get you guys back. Yeah, no, well, we, we'd love to. Um, anytime. We, we, us, we, we find it so... Like, it seems like cheating because, again, we're sort of friends that have been for ages. So flying to another country, we're going to Seattle. We turned that into such a little holiday. We all went to Portland afterwards. Yeah. Oh, nice. Um, we, went, we went out to a barbecue place. We, like, we did a little, like, little drive tours. It was kind of great experience. So, so any city. If you could do a lovely tourist city next time you have us, that's the, my only request. <laughs> oh, right. Somewhere with nice small bars. That would be really good if that help, If that is aligned with your corporate goals. That's exactly what we'll do. Yeah, totally. that makes perfect sense. I love that uh, uh, Ben was like, you know, I've been on a lot of tours, uh, but this was good. This was a good tour. <laughs> you actually took care of us. Ben's so been like, touring for too long. <laughs> yeah. He was like, I'm used to just being shoved in the corner and Aww. made to play music. And uh, yeah, no, he, uh, he really knocked it out of the park. It was also super fun for us because it's so isolated being in, in Australia, really. From But we met everybody through that, which is why hopefully one day we get to sort of, whether it's a PAX or Gen Con or another D, like a... Um, D- official D&D thing it's kind of nice like that's how I met Mark Humes that's where we met a lot of people that we now talk to over Twitter so which is obviously something you guys are doing which is bringing those communities together yeah. is really you know, nice for someone who otherwise will not meet them on the con circuit generally because we have our own weird Australian yeah, con circuits little circuits right yeah, yeah. And the next thing is to try to do you know, bring in people from uh, 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 from Asia, from Africa, from like you know Antarctica, all <laughs> all of the continents <laughs> together. 
Um, yeah, to kind of create this like kind of global D and D community. That's one of my goals. One of the things you said, I remember, I can't remember. It might have been at the bar at the first night of Tomb of Annihilation was that one of the, that you would really love to see a narrative, like a, a continue a D and D streaming continuity yes. universe event where all where the big bad was the same for everyone and everybody had their missions and they were and somehow the dms were like working together to create a Ooh, continuity cool. like an epic yeah that mm-hmm. i like stuff like that would be so exciting i think that's that's very much my kind of um, jam and kind of like huge big sort of nerdy confluences absolutely yeah no to, and especially with uh, the culmination of one of those things happening with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. Like, it's definitely an inspiration to be like, oh man, there's gotta be a D&D universe mm-hmm. where all of these... Because even uh, if your group is yeah. just going and getting the magic sword so that it can get to, you know, the high rollers can ferry it, smuggle it underground, and Matt Mercer's group can sort of pick it up and, like, that would be amazing. Well, that would be really cool. Exactly. Right? And then all working towards against one, you know, right, some goal, some overarching yeah. thing that happens. We do some, I mean, as, as Shelley just said, the epics and uh, at conventions. That's yep. what D&D Adventures League is doing um, at, uh, at, a, at a few shows where uh, on a, you know, a smaller scale people can do that around the table and then they're all working towards something that yeah. is yeah. A, a larger goal and I love those those kind of things. It's kind of like your those mega games that's, that you were talking about. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm obsessed with so mega gaming is like um, role playing game events for 50 people. So the one that I ran which was called Watch the Skies was a kind of mock UN event where I, 50 people signed up and you were either a reporter or you were the um, at the you know the president of the of America, or you might be the joint you know the two joint chiefs, or you might say so there was like a team of five playing the governments, the military, scientific, and political apparatus of all of the major superpowers, and they played out a kind of mock UN event on the day that aliens make communication with Earth. Oh, that's cool! And it was super fun, and then the generals would all go to the war room, and the diplomats would all go to the UN Security Council meetings, and so you kept breaking up and forming and reforming into smaller groups to deal with problems. And the biggest game mechanic in that situation is just imperfect information and suspicion. And eventually, like I, diplomacy, we ended up exactly. We ended up actually having a. Um, a nuclear war, which was great. Oh, it happens. <laughs> it happens. It's, it's harder than it looks. <laughs> Is this another thing you invented? No, I oh. wish. Jim Wellman, uh, an amazing game designer in the UK, invented Watch the Skies. Uh, though I did, I think the one we did was the second one in the world. Oh. Um, I, put, I think the second non-Jim games, maybe the third one in the world. But yeah, it's, I'm a big fan of kind of bleeding edge, deep nerd shit. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> what I would call it. Yep. Trying it out as yeah. much as you can, <laughs> making it better. I love that. Yep. Yeah. yeah. You actually found out about it through uh, the Shut Up and Sit Down oh, report yeah. on it, right? I love those guys so much. The, um, yeah, the, have you ever seen Shut Up and Sit Down? It's just, mm-hmm. yeah, they're, I love their board game reviews, but I also love the way that they, they tie in cultural movements and board games, mechanical like ingenuity in the way games work and the way – I love the fact that they talk about games as – a thing that you are doing that is really a night with friends and how they fit socially into yeah. an evening. Um, one of the best set systems that they did was they did a long section on the ways to introduce a game and how badly you can introduce a game versus how well you can introduce a game. And I really love that stuff. Yeah, that's good stuff. So you guys are in town for a couple more days. You said you're going to play some board games, actually, right? 
Yes. Isn't Mox meant to be quite good in Seattle? Yes. Yes, you have to check out Mox. Yeah. Mox Boarding House is great. There's also another one. There's Cafe Mox uh, uh, in Ballard. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would suggest going to the Mox Boarding House situation because it is, I don't know, it's my favorite game store, uh, the way they have it set up. It's the huge game section and then like a restaurant bar thing uh, which has different back rooms. Like there's a secret room you can Oh, you can so book cool. to play in a secret room with like potions and stuff in the back. It's awesome. Because we streamed yeah. some of the the Wizards of the Coast board games as well. When we at, in the middle of Tomb of Annihilation, we sort of yes. took a break and we streamed. Yeah, and yeah. So we're that sort of shows. I think that we're really into board games. Um, we love it. We have a two bedroom house, me and Shakira, and the master bedroom we don't live in. We stay in the smaller bedroom, and oh. we've converted the master bedroom into just it's wall to wall bookcases. Board Board games and tables. Um, we can hook you up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got some board games around these pieces. We got these, some board games pieces. coming up. <laughs> that's right. All around. Uh, but that's always a hard thing, too, is trying to find, like, the way to, ha- when you have friends and you're like, oh, what are we going to do tonight? Let's play a game. And you're like, it's very much, all right, which game do I put out first so yeah, that so they don't get scared you away? Know your audience. Mm. Exactly. Yeah, right. You want to know what their yep. interests are. They hate transportation and uh, uh, traveling on trains, so you can't give ticket to ride <laughs> to them. You know, right? So, what, yeah, what, what, have you guys had any experience with that? Um, I think pretty much most people we play with are also, I think, along the same lines as us, like, love their board games, but also... Are we have a couple of, I think, well, games, a uh, go-to entry yeah, level games. Yeah, what's yes. the go-to game for, for new people? Codenames is a super strong early contender, I think, yeah. for, for... The new one, I think, is Spyfall. Spyfall is really good, yeah. If you have eight people, it's super mm. fun, which... Mm. Um, eight is a hard number to get together, though. Yeah, well, well I, but I also love those kind of party games mm. where we're also big fans of Resistance and... Oh, and Coup. And yeah, the those, games yeah. of yeah. shouting. <laughs> um, paranoia, <laughs> paranoia games are super fun. Mm. That's how you get to really know someone. Yeah. So yes, I've said some shit to <laughs> my friends in the heat of the moment in that game, and I maintain that they, I would not have done it if they weren't proving by their actions that they are terrible people who can't be trusted. <laughs> so we In the game. Only in the game, though. Usually when we play like some of those more hardcore yelly games, we try and also do palate cleanser games afterwards. That more like friend games? The, yeah. the nice kind of games like <laughs> Dixit or whatever. The games that kind of remind you that, oh, we actually like each other. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's a good that's way right. to end the evening. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Start with diplomacy and oh, with... Uh, I can't play diplomacy. No, I can't either. It's one of our games. Uh, did you hear what happened to Shelley? No, no. What happened? It was just a bad experience. It was the same for me. I, the last time I played Diplomacy, I was, I literally, I think I was like, no, you can, what do you mean you're attacking me? You can't attack me. You said, you I've said you I've, you know what? That. I can't do this. I'm sorry. I'm going. I'm, it was, I walked. I never walk from games, but I was so, I was yelling. I realized I'd yelled at everybody in the game. <laughs> it was no wonder so they betrayed you. You were yelling at everyone. I just felt so disappointed. Like, in the person that yeah. really stabbed me in the back, but also in myself, because I was like, you fell for that. Yeah. And you knew you shouldn't, but twice. I, okay, twice. it was twice. I fell for twice in the <laughs> same you, game. You betrayed you, and then, like, the turn later, you're like, okay, I'll trust you now. I just wanted to believe Again. him. Mm. Again. He looked me right in the eye. Was, we did this, like, with our coworkers, which is just not, it's not a team building. It's a team shattering experience. Yeah. Team shattering. You're actually, the shouting is fine. You're right. I didn't realize it until you said it. Shouting is fun in games like that. It's the moment somebody looks at you and goes... I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed yeah. <laughs> that you're like, oh, I've I have ended a friendship. Yeah. I have I have definitely ended a friendship. It was hard, and I went into that game knowing 
that like people were like friendship ender. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah. But I was like, it's just a game. Like I'm gonna, I know it's a game. I'm not really gonna be mad at these people. So there is this. Mad. There is a video game called so Neptune's mad. Pride, oh, and it is <laughs> it is a very strange. It is essentially diplomacy, but on a massive scale. You play it with as many of your friends as you want. Nope. A game takes. <laughs> 30 to 45 days because if you attack a friend, you will send your fleets to them and it might take 96 hours for the fleets to get there. So everything moves in real time Mm. and you get so invested in this game on your phone and you're just checking it and checking it and checking it. I played it with all of the Dragon Friends, like Shakira as well. We all played a game while we were at uni together. Um, Michael Hing, who's one of the Dragon Friends, showed his true colours by like... (laughs) insanely gaming it. He would sit, set alarms for himself at like 2 a.m., 4.30 a.m. and 5 a.m. to attack people, countermand yeah. attacks pe- people. So, you know, like he was That's just... amazing. He was just a maniac and he won. He completely destroyed us all. You should. Well, I think that's also, though, because everyone by that time had quit. So oh, that's how he won. Yeah, he yeah, made they, us all they, quit the game, and then he grimly played against the AI. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just going through the motions. But, uh, I'm going to finish David, this game. David, do you want to tell what you did? I No, I don't. <laughs> that's not the story. Uh, okay, I also, in that, that is also the game where... Uh, me and Shakira, very unfortunately, and I maintained by a, a cruel trick of random allocation of the map. She's not buying it. She's not buying it. We're placed still back, like cornered up in a, in, a, in an area where o- we could only really attack each other, and we oh. tried to make tr- a truce work for as long as possible. And there was no more terrain left, and one of us was going to attack the other, and we were both getting a bit stressed out about it, and both of us were finding it hard to deal with because we knew we were playing this game only one of us could win. And I said to Shaq, this is getting insane. We're, we're taking this too seriously. Let's just go to a nice tapas place and have dinner. <laughs> we'll have a date night and we'll just forget this awful game. And so we both went and we got dressed up and went out. And then just before we left, I attacked it with all of my armies. And then we went and had a lovely dinner. And then we <laughs> oh saw, and God. I was like, this is going so oh well. Do you want to go see her to marry me? Do you want to see a movie? Um, and, we, and then we came home that night. Um, and yeah, um, what did you do when you found out? I am pretty sure I. I don't think I really spoke to you for like a few days. <laughs> That's a wise That's, choice. I would feel so betrayed. I, so betrayed. I I am pretty sure I actually cried. <laughs> <laughs> I I think I quit the game the next day. I felt really mad about it. You're like I thought this was going to be fun, but it's actually just terrible. It's, no, I don't the, feel so it's, good. And, you know, any game that takes that long, which is also one of the problems with diplomacy, when you invest that much time in it, like, any little betrayal feels so much worse. Mm. Right. Like, if we had only been playing for an hour, would have been fine. But I think we'd or this was already maybe, like, a week and a yeah, half yeah. into it. Of checking I'm your like, phone every ten minutes. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, what uh, have I done with the last week and a half and now this? Oh, <laughs> this. But you forgave him, I guess, a little bit. I, oh, I think right now. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow. Who got the raw deal now? And of course, yeah. yeah. This is a long play for you, I see. Yeah. Like you're going to have a couple years down the road. When oh, I haven't forgotten. <laughs> but, it, but it was instrumental in Shaq quitting and then me quitting the next day. So who's to say that this wasn't part of Hing's master plan? Well, Set you two against each other. Turns you all against and that's each other. the thing. Like every year, like once a year, there is a Facebook status that Hing writes, which is like, 
So who wants to play Neptune's Pride? Like he's still playing it. Like no. and just then it's, once a it's year. just a chain of all of our friends going, no, no, no you no, homicidal no. maniac. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now I want to play though. No. Oh my God. Do not do bring it, that into the office. Do it with the whole office. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Draw the map yeah. up. On no, the with you guys, with with the Dragon <laughs> friends too. Oh my God. I think that'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah. They'll only build our teams together. Oh, right? would it? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not playing. Yeah. You're being very optimistic. I'm At least I know. Exactly. I'm done. You're done with all kinds of, of, of games that involve betrayal? Not, At House, not on the Hill. House on the Hill or Baldur's Gate. House on the Hill's Legacy is going to come out. That's, yeah, it is. I'm so excited about that. I love Legacy games. When, you, when we're done here, come back to my desk and I'll show you the box. Yes, please. It's so pretty. It is very pretty. Well, that's, I think that's a, that's a good wrapper point because uh, you have a game to show off, and uh, it's been really great talking to you guys. Yay. Cool. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thank you very much. For wow. Good. Wow. I just feel like that was too soon. I know. That was too soon. <laughs> I was going to say that now is the time where you guys can, uh, uh, you know, where can people find out about where yes. Dragon Friends is, where you guys are? So um, we are on Twitter, Instagram, and, all of the, and Facebook, and all of that can be found by going to thedragonfriends.com, which is our website. Um, if you're in Australia, from Sydney, seriously, at 7 p.m. tonight, there's going to be an insane one-of-a-time ga- um, game. It's got Susie Youssef, who is awesome Australian comic comedian on, on all sorts of TV shows. Um, she's going to be doing the show. And if you're not a live face jockey, as we like to say, if you are instead an ear jockey, which is also <laughs> fine, then you'll hear them in the next couple of weeks on the podcast, which nice. is our main content is the podcast. And is that actually 7 p.m. tomorrow? Um, yes, 7 p.m. Tuesday, which is actually in about 12 hours' time. Oh, they got plenty of time. Yeah, yeah. I don't understand time, yeah. time at all. Travel. It's very difficult. I think it's 6 a.m. in the morning in Australia at the moment That's on Tuesday. I don't believe it. I don't know. I don't <laughs> know how time works. <laughs> no. Who and does? How, how can people find out about uh, Z-Town if they want to check it out? Um, just go to Z-E-D-T-O-W-N.com. Z-Town.com. Awesome. It's all there. That and sounds they amazing. They can figure out ways to get it into their towns or something like that? Or is that just like... Um, so we've set up a voting mechanism on the um, the US Town website, mm-hmm. which is um, we've got a list of American towns and people can vote for a town that oh. they want. Nice. Put yep. Seattle Request on the list. Request an apocalypse. Already. I think yeah. Seattle <laughs> is on the list, so, we, you we've know. We've got five games we're going to do in Tacoma, but I don't think we're doing Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's close enough. That's good. We can do that. We can go there. That works. Um, and then, of course, the Dragon Friends season four. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're going strong. It's in space. We've been talking a lot about uh, uh, the space. GIF yep. uh, and all the fun sm- spelljammer stuff on Laurie Chanel. So, if you want to see it in action, yeah. you should definitely check out and Dragon Friends now. If you're looking for a place to get started, Dragon Friends season four is actually kind of really cool. There's like a really cool comedians. Demi Lardner's in it. Um, the pop star Montaigne came and played a character Montaigne. and then wrote and sang a song, which is in in the oh, podcast. Oh my god! So there's a lot of cool stuff crazy. in season four. Cool. All right, go check it out. Thanks again for stopping by while you were here in the I United know, States. So convenient. It's good times. Thanks uh, for having us. This is super fun. Awesome. Oh man, those Australians—they know how to talk. <laughs> they can talk. They use words. I was surprised they didn't use any, like, aluminiums or... Uh, do they say that? We should have asked them. Oh, yes. Could have asked them about rocket lettuce and bottle shops. You know what I liked that they said was uh, they were discovering brunch. They were like, we're figuring out brunch and how you can drink alcohol at brunch. I'm like, that's... Yeah. You didn't know? We'd what do they do down there? with you. What do you do down in your down under? What do you do when you're eating eggs at 11 o'clock in the morning? On a weekend. You drink. When you don't have kids. Oh. But, <laughs> but you do to. do that? 
Hell yeah. You do do that? More than ever. You do do. I do do. <laughs> I do do because I have the child. I was really proud of us. Uh, I don't know if you do this when you're talking to people uh, who have an accent where you start mimicking their accent without meaning to. But I don't think either of us did that during that interview. No, thank God. Yeah. It happens to me, me sometimes. Your Australian accent. Uh, <laughs> good, good day, uh, the Barbie. Good See? day. Maybe that's why, because I just don't have an Australian accent. Uh, I can't do it. Yeah. Bloomin' onion. That sounded. That sounded, <laughs> <laughs> that sounded very Cockney. That was not Australian at all. This is okay. So this is good that we did not do this when they were in the studio with us. Uh, I can't so do it. They're just gonna have to listen to this afterwards and be what like, "Those was, rat yeah. bastards." Well, I want to hear them do our accents. Right. Have you ever had somebody with an accent do an American accent? I know. It's, it's like spot on. It's funniest thing I've ever heard. It's always like, hey, uh, let's go get drunk at brunch. <laughs> Why do we all sound like ogres? That's what we sound like. And hill giants. That's, That's why we... I can't listen to this podcast. That's because mostly what you sound like is a ogre. Hill... <laughs> or C-3PO. Or C-3PO. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. What if Creepio had an Australian accent? What if? Oh dear. Good day, R2. I'm gonna throw some shrimp on the barbie. <laughs> Would you like a Foster's? <laughs> so bad. <laughs> there are. We're just throwing in all the hey. Australian things that we know. <laughs> oh look, there's a shark. Oh, that's there's... a knife. <laughs> <laughs> It's actually just Anthony Daniels saying <laughs> quotes from Australian movies. <laughs> oh, man. I hope they don't listen to this. Yeah, then... let's warn them again. All right. That. Sorry, Dragon Friends. We still love you. We still love and you And your accents. Much. Yes. We're just classless. <laughs> we need to take some class. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think that's it for uh, today's Dragon Talk. Thank you for listening all through this. Uh, if you want to find out more about the stream of many eyes, which is happening on June 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, 2018, it's on twitch.tv slash dnd starting at 4 p.m. Pacific time on Friday, June 1st. Buy tickets if you're in the L.A. area or if you want to just fly to the L.A. area. It's on June 3rd. You can see all kinds of live streaming games. We've got a tour of the sets. You'll get everything you can possibly ever want from D&G merch that day. Yeah. Uh, go check it out. You can find out more at dnd.wizards.com slash s-o-m-e or the stream of many eyes. Uh, yeah, you'll find out everything you need there. Um, okay. And if you want to find out about the uh, podcasts of foes, you can go to dnd.wizards.com slash POF. Just throwing that out there. Oh. Podcast of foes. Yeah. Or is it maybe just, it might yeah. be, it might be MTOF. dnd.wizards.com slash MTOF. Oh, That's it. Anything else you want to promote there, no. Shelly Moo? Where can they, where can they follow you? At Shelly Moo on Twitter. I am at Greg Tito, at Greg underscore Tito on the Instagram. Follow Dungeons and Dragons at Wizards underscore DND on Twitter. Uh, or like us on the Facebooks. Always getting more and more Facebooks things happening. Uh, if you haven't checked out uh, Shelly's turn on Morning Canaan's Mayhem, oh, you totally should. It's, my one it's, it's badass. I... I didn't bring it home, but I started it. You started it. Yeah. That's all that matters. Sean wouldn't have won anything if I didn't win that first game. It's true. So, so anyway. it is all on Not your bitter. shoulders. Not better. Love lift us up where we belong. <laughs> Rocks fall. Everybody dies. Except me. <laughs> <laughs>